and we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. I'm your host. Steve Geller is hosting a show on WWL Radio right now, or at least he will be in about 40 minutes. So if you want to go check that out after this is done, you go for it. We're giving you this quick pre-Thanksgiving live Inside Black and Gold podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. We're going to talk about blitzing, right? We're going to talk about pressure in this segment. We were able to chat with Scott Shanley on WWL this week, former Saints linebacker. And I thought he had some interesting things to say in terms of how this defense is operated, what they need to do better. And so without further ado, let's hear from Scott. What's up with us? Somebody like Dr. Jekyll is high. What are we doing in the first half versus the second half? Now, hopefully Desmond Ritter, whoever's playing with Atlanta, then all of a sudden we dig ourselves a hole in the first half. If you look forward to the last five games, they've dug themselves into a double-digit hole before halftime. And before you know it, uh, a makeshift lineup on uh, the offensive uh, backups, considering who you're playing with the Vikings, we're down 24-3. I've never been so uh, frustrating because that's supposed to be Josh our Dobbs. That, that's supposed to be our strength of our team is our defense. Yeah, no, there's no question. And for some for some reason, the defense played like the dome patrol when the offense was struggling. Then the offense gets going a little bit, and the defense <laughs> exhales and takes a break. Like, come on, can we just get two thirds of the of the yeah. offense, defense, and special teams to play well? If you do that, you're going to win a lot of games. Because I'm right there with you. Last week's game was severely disappointing to me. Cam Akers tears his Achilles. No Jefferson on the field. Uh, Hawkinson's out there. With no the Kirk Cousins. Or whatever he had. No Cousins. <laughs> and, and you know what? This is not a slight against Josh Jobs. I said, journeyman quarterback, don't become franchise quarterbacks and look like Mahomes in, in, right. in one week. Like He was 1-9 as a starter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a reason why six, seven teams told him, yeah, we're good. You know, But he found a way to do it. This is professional football. Everybody's playing. Every day's an interview. Everybody's playing for their job every single day. And, and to his credit, he played great. But, but you know, I, I was really frustrated with, with the way the Saints showed up in that game because – the defense should have played better against that offense. When you just look at a personnel, personnel wise, even if the offense, even if the Saints' offense went back to struggling, I was just surprised that the defense played that way against against that offense. Now, uh, Scott, what is your take? Because you've been part of schemes and um, and how you want to rush the passer, and they they get Jason uh, Pierre Paul, uh, the new Haitian sensation. You know, it used to be Junior Gallette, uh, then we had to run him off. Uh, that belt incident on the beach. But anyway, that's a different story. Uh, but I'm looking at, uh, uh, I, I am kind of surprised the lack of production. I'd say, oh, Weber, you got to look at the quarterback hurries, quarterback hits and all that. But right now with 18 sacks, and we've been in the past where we've been high 40s, low 50s in sacks, but now with only 18, uh, we're truly not affecting the opposing quarterback. That's why... I think they want to see maybe if Jason Pierre-Paul can make a difference. There, there's no doubt about it. There's two things in the NFL that you can never have enough of, and that's guys who can rush the passer, and that's guys who can cover. If you can find good guys who can cover out sitting on their couch, which you really can't, or you can find guys who can get after the passer, you got to sign them. And, and so I, I'm right there with it. Jason gives you a, a NASCAR package where him and Granderson and Cam come in on third down, and they're rushing all together. And that's right. what his role is. And, you know, I think I think that's a positive signing. So I think if Jason can give you anything, it, it's definitely a need because guys have not been winning enough one-on-one. And schematically, I, I'm kind of sick of seeing a three-man rush. I don't want to see any more three-man rush. Right. I want to see some heat. I want to see a five-man pressure. <laughs> no. And, and 
this is I, I I don't understand, I, and it's going to be hard because I think if Dennis was arguing back with me, he would say, "Well, why should we blitz? We're, we're taking the ball away," and that's probably why they're not blitzing a bunch because they're taking that the ball away. That makes sense. But, but and that would be his argument as to why they're they're going more coverage. But to me, when you can speed up a quarterback and disrupt him and get him off his timing game, that, that's that, that's how you play winning football. And I don't think we did that enough last week against Dobbs, bringing five and six. When we did bring five and six guys, he didn't do anything. So I think we need to get back to pressuring. My last point about that is part of me thinks he's, he is protecting our safeties a little bit. Both our safeties, I don't think they're the best cover guys. Amen. Anytime we've gone – Anytime we've gone pressure, those guys kind of get exposed in coverage, and I think that's he's kind of protecting. Well, well, not Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams. No, no, that that, uh, like Charlie and I was talking about this, Scott. uh, That listen, not against Honey Badger. We love him at LSU, but there's a reason he got older and Kansas City wouldn't pay him. But Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, they don't have the consistency you have with Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams back there. No, no, I'm I'm right there with you, Bobby. I think. I think uh, Tyron has been a heck of an NFL player, and I love him coming back home, and I think it's a great story. But at this point in his career, he's more of a he's more of a slot guy down in the box, maybe make some plays closer to the line of scrimmage. But you saw last week, Hawkinson, he, if anybody saw him route up Marcus May, Marcus May's not a great cover guy either. So you have really two safeties that <laughs> can't really cover anybody. So what do you do as a defense coordinator? If you blitz six guys, that means those two have somebody man-to-man, or they're covering somebody yep. one-on-one. And um, my, my issue with that is, if you are adjusting your defense based on a couple of guys, then, you know, go penny package where you put in Alante for Tyran or, you know, somebody else who can cover, but you can still get after the quarterback and, and be more multiple. We haven't been as multiple defensively as, as we've been in the past. All right. So, yeah, that, that was Scott Shanley. And, you know, I thought there was a, re- a couple of really just interesting things he said there. One, you know, you hear about dime, you hear about nickel. You don't hear a lot of, you don't hear a lot of penny. You don't hear about a lot of penny packages. And if you're wondering what that is, it's typically the, the a package you go to with the sub package. You're talking about three down linemen, so two ends and a, and a nose, three linebackers, and five defensive backs, which is kind of unusual. But if you are kind of scrambling and you're trying to cover mobile quarterbacks, maybe that is the best option. It, it is an interesting idea. And I do think that you could serve from being more aggressive uh, in terms of how you're bringing pressure. Now, if you recall, last year, Caden Ellis really didn't see the field that much until Pete Werner went down with his injury. And, you know, I, I think the Saints probably would have loved for that to not happen in terms of, uh, you know, it's a lot easier for the Falcons to justify dropping a bag on his head if, you know, he goes out there and has seven sacks, which is what he did. And that coincided with Marshawn going down for 10 games. And so I think you are in a very similar situation this year in terms of, okay, we need to generate pressure. We cannot allow defenses to just tee off on our secondary when Marshawn's not out there because, you know, as good as Ike has played, as good as Paulson has played, as good as Alante has played on the outside, you know, they're not Marshawn. So teams are going to be more confident. They're going to attack it. And so how do you how do you counteract that? Well, you generate pressure. You find ways to bring pressure in, you know, to bring an extra rusher, right? And whether that comes from the slot, whether that comes from the linebacker level, you know, whether that's a NASCAR package where you're just adding a rusher that way, maybe you have five linemen on the field and you add Jason Pierre-Paul and it's just a five-man pressure with lineback, with linemen, you know, you got to find ways to do that. And so I went and I looked up just the basic numbers here. So the Saints have blitzed 23 on 23.3% of dropbacks. That's middle of the road in the NFL. That's not 
all, you know, it's not at the bottom. It's probably about, it's in the mid twenties, low twenties, right? So it's nothing crazy. And this, you know, I, I see people a lot of the time saying, okay, well, why not bring pressure? Well, in most cases, blitz heavy schemes are that way because you have to blitz. It's not because you want to blitz. It's because that's the only way you can generate pressure. And right now, it feels like that is going to be the way the Saints generate pressure. So I would advocate for for more of that. Now, you know, you can talk about hurries. You can talk about pressures. But I look at knockdowns. I look at, are you affecting the quarterback? Are you hitting him? Because I want to be hitting the quarterback. I don't want to just be making him react. Because in today's NFL, a majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL actually get better under pressure, right? They get better when they get flushed out and they can extend. I want you to put them on their back. And the Saints have 25 knockdowns this season through 10 games. That's That's nothing. That's 2.5 knockdowns a game, right? Like that's nowhere near where you should be. You are not affecting the quarterback. You're not hitting the quarterback. I want to hit him. I want to make him aware that I am there. 25 knockdowns is good for 27th in the NFL. And that is not good enough. And I don't know how you get there. I don't know how you you scheme up some blitzes that you have not shown yet. But I think this is when you really start to do that. And I, and to, to Dennis Allen's credit, I think he is aware of this, right? I think that is something you're going to see this week. So so keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for some cre- more creative blitz schemes in the next week or so in terms of how you do that, and especially as long as Marshawn is out. So if you're wondering how the blitzes have broken down, the Saints player who has blitzed the most this season is Demario Davis. He has 29. Pete Werner is right behind him with 28. Elante Taylor has blitzed from the slot 17 times. Zach Bond, eight times. Tyron Matthew, five times. Marcus May, five times. Jordan Howden, two. And then a handful of other players, right? Lonnie Johnson, Paulson Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore, all have one, right? And so to me, you look at it and you say, okay, where can we generate pressure? And I think it's time to find a way to get Zach Bond involved in the pass rush more. Because that's what you saw last year with Caden Ellis, right? I don't think Zach can cover the way Caden could, and that limits what you can do with him to an extent. But I do think that Zach, just at the end of the day, Zach's best ability is getting upfield, right? Being an on-ball linebacker. And so find ways to get him upfield rushing the quarterback. I'm tired of seeing him on the field and trying to cover. Like, I don't want to see it. Drop in a zone, let him rush the quarterback. Play more zone. Play more zone. <laughs> like one of the reasons you don't play zone is because Marshawn is an elite man-to-man corner. You don't have him out there. Find ways to play zone. You know, Paulson Diebo's interception against the Bears where he just just stepped in front of Cole Komet. They were playing zone, right? This team can play zone. And if you're struggling to get to the quarterback, you're struggling to take the quarterback down as he escapes the pocket. One of the ways you can limit that is to play more zone. So I think it's time that you play more zone. <laughs> All right. You know, there's there's a few other things. You know, JPP, we talked to him in the locker room today. I, I am interested to see how they deploy him. I'm interested to see how quickly they can get him up to speed because I think he does still have something to give. I think this team likes Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, and uh, here's what DA had to say about him uh, today after his first practice. Yeah, I thought he looked good today. Um, you know, the, the one thing he's got is he's got skins on the wall. He's got, you know, pedigree. Uh, he's, he's uh, you know, really an instinctive player. He understands the game. So uh, I thought he had good practice today. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, get to continue to evaluate him and, and see where he's at. 
I don't know how much he's going to play this week, right? That's a pretty quick turnaround in terms of in terms of what you're asking a guy to do. But as you go forward, you're talking about a team with 18 sacks in the year. Not enough. It's not enough. You're not generating enough pressure from the front four. And I think if you can start to do that, if you can start to get in the mind of the quarterback more than just, okay, well, we're trying to pin you in the pocket, then you can you can have more success, particularly early in games. You know, I'm okay in the second half. If you want to play a little bit more conservatively from a pass rush perspective and just force them to beat you, in the, in the opening possession, in the first quarter, in the first half, I want you to affect the quarterback, right? Too many of these games have started with a guy just sitting there picking you apart because you're just, I don't, I don't know. To me, that's that's been the biggest issue is the Saints team has not been aggressive enough early in games. So hopefully, I you know, they they do what Scott says, and I agree. You know, you do that. One, one thing that I disagree with Scott on, in part, is I don't think it's necessarily both of your safeties that have been a problem. I do think Marcus May is not good enough in coverage to do what you need him to do. And, and when I say that, I mean, you replaced Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins, right? You replaced a center fielder with a shortstop in Marcus. Like Marcus Williams was an elite center field type safety. You had a guy who could range from sideline to sideline, make plays on the ball. And you never replace that. Like, I'm okay with what Tyron Matthew has done and what he can do in terms of, A, he's a leader in that defensive room. You needed that. He's a veteran. People rally around him. He makes plays on the ball. He's in the right place constantly. Sure, he's still 5'7". Like, you can only do so much. He is, you know, on the backside of his career. So you're not getting 2017 elite Super Bowl caliber Tyron Matthew. But you are getting a very good football player. The problem is the skill set behind him is redundant. You have Marcus May, who is not a good enough cover safety to play center field. And that's always been the case. And, and you know, as you look at how it's developed, I think Jordan, Jordan Howden is the better option there. I, I like, I know why you're playing Marcus May. He has a couple interceptions. He does find himself in the right place at times. But, you know, I, I just don't think you've gotten enough out of him. And I would love to see more Jordan Howden reps in the regular defense. I think this defense was better. Uh, when he was when he was in there, um, and Mar- when Marcus was suspended, I mean, look at the numbers. You know, this whole five game stretch where you haven't been able to stop teams in the first half. You know what that has coincided with? Marcus May coming back from suspension, right? And I just don't know if he's doing enough. And I would love to see Jordan Howden get more run at safety. And I agree. Well, part of the reason you are you are running your defense the way you are is to protect your safeties. But I do think it is more about one than the other. If you look at if you want to look at coverage grades. Like, I don't have an issue with how Tyron has played. You know, some people do. Some people are going to have un- unrealistic expectations for a 32-year-old safety. I have higher expectations for Marcus May than what I've seen. So either he has to play better or I think you replace him and and you find a way to get a little more athletic, a little more, I don't know, center fielder in, in, that, in that safety role. Because if you're going to blitz more, you're going to have to expose your safeties and they're going to have to hold up in coverage. And, you know... Every time I hear Marcus May's name, it's either, well, he's getting a, a lucky interception tipped his way or he's screwing up, right? There's a fourth down play where he just ignored the quarterback and allowed him to run uh, because he got lost in coverage. He got eaten alive by TJ Hawkinson time after time after time in that game. I think it's time for Marcus to either play better or take a back seat to, to the rookie uh, because I think the rookie has played well and I think his upside is a lot higher. So... 
to me, that's where you're looking at. Hopefully, this team can find a rhythm on defense and, and get things going because it has to start this week. Like mathematically, this is not a must win, right? Like you can lose this game and still feel, I mean, you lose this game, you're still tied for forced in the NFC South. But I don't think you look at this mathematically. You look at this philosophically and emotionally and a loss to the Falcons this week would be devastating. It would feel devastating. It would be demoralizing. It would be just around the same as as your loss to the Bucks in week 13 last year, right? So you, you cannot afford to lose this game. And so... Do what you have to do. Find a way. Change things up. You're going against Ryan Nielsen, a guy who knows your scheme. You've got to get creative. You've got to find ways to catch him. You know, you, you can't play a game that he knows you're going to play. You've got to find ways to adjust. And so hopefully they're going to be able to do that on offense and defense. We're obviously talking about defense here more so than offense. But all right, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nock. We're going to come back. We're going to hit a quick mailbag. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be right back. <laughs> 